this time on episode 287 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episode 5, The Other Thing. I'm Haley from Gallifrey Public Radio, a Doctor Who fandom podcast and part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm director SP. And I'm Agent Michelle. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, June 16th, 2019, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast universe-wide via www.geeks.live. Come on and join our live chat and talk with us as we record. Michelle, I guess this is just for me, but happy Father's Day. Did you get anything cool? I did. I got three comics. It was awesome. I got The Death of Wolverine, issue one of four. I've got the Marvel Legacy number one. And I, I got Oh, it was so cool. It was great. And I didn't expect that at all. So that was the coolness. Uh, the truth in lending is that not all my kids are in town this weekend. So we'll have more of a bigger celebration next weekend. Did they at least call? I had a call from one that was out of town. One that was in town gave me the comics. And then I got a text from the other ones. I feel really good about that text message. At least you heard from them. That's right. And it wasn't for bail money either. So that's awesome. But for all you other fathers out there, I know this is going to drop a few days from now, but happy Father's Day. I hope yours was great. And as we gen up for the next summer activity, which is the 4th of July, or I guess if you're Canadian and you're listening to it, it's like the 1st of July. And if you're like in Australia, I think it's almost Christmas. I don't know. I don't know either. Okay, that settles it. We'll have to figure out what kind of midsummer celebration goes on down in Australia, New Zealand, down that way. And I know for a fact that Great Britain does not celebrate the 4th of July or the 1st of July. That would be kind of weird. Anyway, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I would have loved to say sometime the award-winning Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series, and the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universe in general. Because of lying to your commander to save your best friend. If you'd like to talk to us about lying a little bit just to save a friend, you can check out our website, legendsofshield.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. I miss the bus, Michelle. Do you miss the bus? I miss the bus a lot. Okay. Well, if you miss the bus or want to talk to us about lying to your best friend, you can get us on our Facebook page. I say us, but it's not me because I'm not on Facebook. The Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can leave a comment about lying to save your best friend on YouTube at youtube.com slash geek. If you have an Amazon device, tell it to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. And if you want to chat, 
to us about any of the aspects of tonight's episode, you can join our Discord server at gunnageek.com slash Discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network. Michelle feels a little light in the S.H.I.E.L.D. studios tonight. Yes, it seems as though a couple of our agents are unable to make it. Yep, taking some personal time. Haley and Lauren cannot be with us tonight, but they should be with us in a future episode. You know, Haley is going to take a couple more weeks off, but Lauren hopefully will be back next week. In the meantime, let's get right to it. We're going to talk about this episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Michelle, on Friday, June 14, 2019, The Other Thing aired, and this was a welcome surprise. I saw it on the screen. I was like, no way. Who directed this episode? It was directed by Lou Diamond Phillips, one of my favorite actors, people. He has 10 directing credits starting in 1994. I did not know this, including episodes of The Outer Limits, Resurrection Boulevard, Longmire, Fear the Walking Dead, and this episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you know that name, probably from acting because he has 143 acting credits, including films such as La Bamba, Young Guns, Courage Under Fire, TV shows such as Spin City, 24, Resurrection Boulevard, Psych, Stargate Universe, Woo-hoo! Blind Spot, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and Longmire. Oh, it was great seeing Lou Diamond Phelps. I was almost like, oh, is he going to be in the episode? But as a director, I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's cool, too. That's awesome to see somebody as noted as Lou Diamond Phillips behind the director's chair. I mean, it happened with both Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Voyager. Some of the cast became directors, very accomplished in their own rights, and see Lou Diamond Phillips step into this role. I can only hope he's going to do more and more of these as time goes on. And I'm sure we're going to see him in front of the camera as well. I don't think he's given up acting completely. So anyway, it was great to see his name. This episode was also written by George Kitson, which, Michelle, does the name Kitson sound familiar to you? Sounds like a certain gambling planet our team visited. Yes, an entire planet-sized writer. That is awesome that they named the gambling planet after George Kitson. Anyway, he has five directing credits, which go back to 2006. He has five writing credits going back to 2006. He has five episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Double Agent, which was a web series. He also had an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Slingshot, which again was a web series. And then five episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. George, thank you very much for coming on board and doing this episode because it was an amazing episode. We'll get into it in a second. What we like to do is start talking about the episode in terms of the theme for the episode. And since the production team does such a great job of naming the episode with the theme of the episode, Michelle, what's with the other thing? I've been thinking about this and I wonder, it's like we have certain events and then we have something else. Like, for example, Daisy and the others get to go home, but there's this other thing of Simmons and Fitz having to invent time travel. There's finding out what the strike is, that weird little bird thing, but oh yeah, here's this other thing of we got to wait around for its creator. That's really the only thing right now that I can think of that the title means. What about you? 
I actually had a chance to watch this episode twice. I watched it early Saturday morning because I actually had a surprise. Let's go out Friday night. So Saturday morning, I watched it when I was on the treadmill. And then I watched it again today on the treadmill. It seems like that's the best place to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., by the way, is on the treadmill. And for those wondering, I don't have just a normal treadmill area. I have a home theater treadmill area. Now, the room is narrow, but I do have a complete 5.1 surround sound. And I have smart lights set up so I can tell my Amazon smart device to turn on or off the lights, depending on how dark or light I want it. And it's very interactive space. And yeah, I'm either walking or running or jogging, actually, on the treadmill. So I'm watching it on the treadmill. And the second time around, I paid specific attention because I was like, what's with the title? What's with the other thing? I came up with two things. First of all, Colson himself said, no, it's the other thing. Now, I'm talking about Colson. I'm not talking about Sarge. This is the last days of his life, possibly last hour or so. It was a little confusing at the end. It did look like his hand was still moving at the end. I don't think he had passed away at the end of this one. But he said, no, it's the other thing when she was asking, is the alcohol? And he said, no, it's the other thing. So that got me to thinking, well, maybe it's because of what his body is going through. But then I got to think about it. You've got the monoliths, all three of them talked about during this episode. And you had the time monolith, you had the space monolith talked about. And then there was the other one that they didn't know anything about it. And then Dr. Benson, he brought up, maybe it's life and death. And then I went back to Colson and he was thinking it was death was or life and death with the other thing. So I was thinking, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe they're talking about all the same thing. It's the monolith that they didn't know what it was, life and death. It is Colson and what he went through, life and death. And then you could, it's a stretch, but you could go out into space and talk about life and death of, are they going to keep them alive or not? So I'll admit that last one is a stretch, but Michelle, what do you think of that aspect to it? I like that aspect. Yep. Only took two very long sessions on the treadmill to come up with that. Now, Michelle, there were some, there were two, in matter of fact, amazing action scenes. We call them fight scenes, whatever you want to talk about the fight choreography. There was two amazing fight scenes in this episode, weren't there? Yes. One of the things I'm liking about this season is May is getting a lot of action scenes. And there's two great ones. First, there's May versus the infected guy. Sarge pushes her in there and he's like, good luck. By the way, that knife stops him. And she's doing her usual May kicking the guy. He she runs on the wall, kicks him, breaks his legs, and eats. Time out. This is after he's been shot in the head. Yes, there's that too. So it's like no matter what she's been doing, he's it's still coming back and attacking again. And then it starts to do that crystal shooting out thing. And she does this great flip over the guy gets the knife, and then kills the thing. Yeah, or at least, uh, as we find out later from Dr. Benson, it, it, it numbs it or puts it in anesthesia or, or something like that, right? Knocks it out. It causes a chemical reaction that eventually hardens the bird to where it's inert. Right, so she doesn't kill it immediately. The knife has to stick in there for at least six hours. I'm thinking it's a little bit more, but at least six hours in order for that 
to take place. So yeah, yeah, that was a real, I mean, May was trying her hardest, her dangdest to not kill this guy. And he kept on coming and he was already dead because Snow or Snowflake played by Brooke Williams shot the guy and he's dead. And he, cause he, he was shot in the head. So he's no longer, and May's still trying to keep him alive because he reanimated and they've seen strange sh- stuff in shield. So it's like, who is this guy? He didn't do anything wrong. Just these bad guys are trying to do something to him, Sergeant Snow. And then she's finally like, no, I got to do something because this is really weird when all the gems or spikes or crystals or whatever you want to call it started coming out of him. So she did what they told her to do and it worked to stem the tide. And then she asks all sorts of questions. He's getting data out of her. She's getting data out of him. He says, Sarge says he's been around for hundreds of years. And I don't know if that's literally or figuratively because he started to talk about light speed. So I'm not necessarily sure he's been alive for hundreds of years or just that's how much time has gone on when he was on those planets, which were going the speed of light. So he still might have been gone just a year. I don't know. What do you think of that? That's timey-wimey stuff. Well, he's been going from galaxy to galaxy since before she was born. That is what he said. I mean, maybe from his point of view, because he has traveled a lot to him, he might have been alive that much. I mean, so he thinks the Coulson that she knows is fake and he thinks he's the real Sarge or or something. We really don't know if he's been taken back to time and trying to chase these things. And that's why he's been alive because we're getting time travel again because Enoch's people want Fitz to come up with time travel in order for them to go back to save their world, which is wouldn't that ca- anyway, that would cause problems. Maybe from his point of view, he does see himself as being hundreds of years old. Yeah, perhaps. I, I don't know. We don't know how he was reanimated, but he, we know he's somewhat connected to Coulson because they say said the same line and May picked up on it. So there still is some Coulson in him somehow. Remember, it is Coulson's DNA mostly, right? That Dr. Benson swabbed from whatever sample that he had. It is some version of Coulson. I just don't know how old he is. I don't know how he was reanimated or created or whatever. And we still have not seen, as I said, we did not see Coulson's death. So we don't know what happened to him following his actual death on, it was Tahiti, right? He's on the island of Tahiti with May. Yes. Yeah. Which, it was actually kind of freaky because it was the same like green screens as was way back in season one or two when he always talked about Tahiti. It's a magical place. I know, but. I'd rather them use the money that way and then spend it where it really needs to be done. You know, the fight, the crystal things, the ships. So you don't think that that was done intentionally? Like, there is a reason why he's on Tahiti and he came back to, like, it's symbolic. Right. He finally went to Tahiti, actual Tahiti, to see that it actually is a magical place. But now that he has been reanimated it's just like he was reanimated before you're assuming that that is the colson that died that he has been reanimated yeah that's fine yeah i am assuming that yeah 
I'm wondering if we have different timelines. Oh. He sees himself as Sarge, and he has said he's been to multiple worlds, and this is the first one that he's been recognized and called a different name. We don't know if this is someone from a different timeline, because you have to remember, thanks to Endgame and thanks to last season of S.H.I.E.L.D., we've got time fragments and remnants. I don't think they're going to do the same card and reanimate Coulson. I think this is something else. Okay, I can see the timelines as well, because there has been a significant amount of time being played with, which brings us actually nicely into the space component, because we find out that Chromacon 2 or whatever they were called, their planet that Enoch is from, is gone and was taken probably by the same plague that is infesting Earth. Well, they said it was... Well, the commander, Altara, said it was odd anomalies, not so much an infestation or something. It's like these minor, she said, these minor distortions released some sort of plague and acted too late. Maybe it is that same thing. It would be interesting to see how the distortions maybe cause the strikes to come. Like, do they jump through space? Do they jump through like little wormholes does manipulating time bring them into this particular universe i'm still thinking of the flash and the flash when a speedster manipulates with time too much it it actually the speed force has these weird weight things that come and punish the speedster and it's almost like well if you fracture a timeline does that create these little holes that allows these strike things to come through and take over your world and destroy it. There's something to that. Now, remember both Sarge and Dr. Benson were talking in terms of like a, a monster or another being or whatever that's behind this. So you have the possibility anyway of it being the same thing. I tend to think that it is kind of the same thing. There's eight episodes left in the season, and that's plenty of time for both parties to get back together and then kind of solve the whole thing for the universe. And probably cementing that this is going to be way different than Endgame. So we are talking about a different Marvel Universe. Heck, they're talking about setting up a new academy, and they've been talking about that since episode one, but May has been named not once, but twice now. You had Mac asking her, and now you've got Coulson suggesting, hey, it's not a bad idea for her to go and teach, maybe not be the director of the academy or whatever the principal or whatever they want to call it, superintendent. So, yeah, lots of possibilities, but you still, you have this, all this stuff going on in space and you specifically wanted to talk about Enoch. Yes. We've learned that while Altara, we would think, you know, they think Daisy thinks she's a lady, but she's like, no, I'm a Chromicon. I have no gender. Altara just looks like Altara. And that interesting exchange that they had with Enoch. Altara says to Enoch that you've changed for the worse. You've gotten soft. You are not the reckless individual I invited into my charging pod. Ooh, they didn't go there on a family show, did they? They, they went to the charging pod, huh? Yeah, and, and Enoch is like, I can't believe I let you into my data port. Ooh, charging pod. 
and data port. Ooh, getting all freaky on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Friday night. And this just sort of reminds me of Battlestar Galactica. All the Chromacons existing only on the ships that they've been able to take. They had to, they took over a Confederacy ship because they had to, because the Confederacy was there to pick the bones off of the planet, but they don't want to get into a conflict. They were just violent in order to save themselves. And Enoch figuring out that Altara wants to go back in time to save the planet. And Enoch needs to think quickly on its feet. It's like, okay, wait, my best friend is Fitz. Altara is threatening my best friend. Let me lie and say my bestie can fix everything. And in order to keep my bestie in check, you need to keep Gemma. He was doing his best. He was a little bit misguided because as Fitz pointed out later, the last thing that I want would want would be to have Simmons in danger. And you can tell that affects Enoch a little bit, but he's already gone down the path. And we saw, did you see the preview for next week, by the way? No. Okay. So the preview for next week kind of shows us that we're going down a path, at least for an episode that we've already been down a couple of times now. I'm really looking forward to getting that out of the way relatively quickly. But Enoch, he did help the situation. It just wasn't a complete solution. Like if he would have said the only way he's going to be able to solve it is with Simmons rather than just put her in danger and he'll solve anything. I think that would have been a little bit better way to go about it, but he didn't. So I'm not sure what to think about there because I don't know what this is going to turn into. You know, he's got to be scheming a little bit to try to save Fitz because he says at the end, I will always consider you my friend at the very end. And then he gasses Fitz and then the horrible thing happens that's going to happen for for at least next episode. I don't think it's going to go any longer than that. That's just my personal opinion. You haven't seen it yet, so you don't know what I'm talking about. That's fine. And I think that he's doing what he can to try to save everybody. And then everybody else got let go too. Daisy was let go and Piper and Davis were let go and they finally got back to the base from that. So I think Enoch was partially successful in getting them. And then, of course, remember, he's got his own planet he has to think of. So if there's a way, he's already tried to save Earth by breaking the rules. There's a way to save his own planet. He's going to take that too. So that's a motivation for him as well. I like Enoch's reaction. When they learned, wait, I succeeded in my mission. The future Earth is intact. How did I do that? He's perplexed. Enoch is also still reeling from being basically decommissioned. I'm not so sure that matters anymore because this whole planet's gone. Yes. And Gemma realizing that telling Altar, Fitz won't do anything unless if I'm by his side. I will do this. You let everyone else go. It's like Gemma was able to course correct Enoch's bumps in the road. Yeah, she was. I think Quake could have won that fight, but being surrounded like they were from both sides in the hallway or the corridor, whatever you want to call it on the ship. I don't know if she would have been able to save everybody. I think that would have been a dangerous fight. That was probably the right move. And Fitz is on another ship. Right. Well, I mean, they've gotten this close to him now. They could 
they could have found him eventually. It might have been years, but they would have found him eventually. They tracked him down this far. No, there were, what, a dozen or so ships? And Altara said, anything happens to me, they will scatter to the far reaches of the universe and you will never find him. Well, that's what I'm debating because they found Fitz without knowing where to look at him to begin with. And it took them a year, but they found him. They could find him again. It would be hard. No, they had a lead about where the pod was from being in the future and learning what they did in the future. And because they were able to find able to trace that and they found the pod and then they went to Kitson, they would have to go after, oh, geez, which ship do we find first? Right. And they could back that. They, they could eventually figure that out. It'd take a little bit longer, but they could figure it out. Like years. Yeah. And you have to understand the Zephyr had one charge left. Yeah. So the Zephyr goes back home and they recharge it and they come back and look for fits again. It's possible. Yeah. If you got like 30 years. Well, I mean, if there's a dozen ships, it's 12 years. They can do it. You're assuming that they can find a ship in a year, a ship that can continuously move. Yeah, I, that is an assumption. And talking about the ship, let's just break off that discussion for a second. Is the Confederacy done, like completely, or was this just one of their fleets? I think it was just one of their fleets. I think the Confederacy is still out there. Okay. So the Confederacy is still a threat. They're just down a fleet. There you go. Unless the same plague that's affecting both Karnakam and Earth is also affecting the Confederacy, which would make sense. I just want to throw an honorable mention in the discussion towards Deke. He was announced as recovering, even though he was uh, exhausting, as May put it. And Trevor also was <laughs> nonplussed with him. But Deke is recovering, and that is why Jeff Ward was not in this episode. Although, Daisy's back. So, at the beginning of the next episode, there's going to be a little reunion. Do you think there's going to be any lemons? No. Okay. Not yet. You also had some adorable moments between Piper and Davis. I just love seeing those two on screen and look forward to uh, seeing them again. I hope that Davis gets to see his daughter while they're on Earth really briefly, or, you know, he's gone for an episode and then comes back. But the other thing is that Benson is asking for a pilot and a Quinjet, so that could be one or both of them, too. Well, Davis is the pilot, not Piper. Piper fixes things. So Davis could go as the pilot, and Piper could go as the agent to protect Benson or something like that. Yes, we have to have the Piper and Davis adventure show. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Uh, and then also, I just want to throw a shout out to Snowflake because, well, she went out and she begged and gagged the thing that was out of place. And so she's capable, just like she was in 12 Monkeys. But she got manipulated by May, which leads us to the end fight. <gasps> oh, yeah, the end fight. So not only did May have to fight Snow, but then she takes on Sarge, a.k.a. Coulson's flashbacks in her head all at the same time. Wow. What a great fight. I know. He, he tries to use the truck, take it one way, take another way, slam on the brakes, bringing her forward. I almost thought he had her, but she comes along and just wails on him, eventually being able to cuff him 
to the door. And again, the amount of concussions sustained by the actors in this show is just unreal. TV medicine. Okay. Okay. This was a really good episode. I really enjoyed it. It was well put together. It started to bring back some pieces together. It connected some people. It separated some people. But I really, truly got a universal look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just like you would in the comics. There's stuff going on all over the place, and it's all connected and not connected to the MCU, by the way, anymore. But it's all connected, and I really enjoyed the world building that came out of this episode. Yes, we learned what that Pachacutic word means. It's the death of everything. It seems to be an Incan word. Vincent wants to go back to where the monoliths were found. And I like the fact they're bringing back the monoliths. Maybe we'll get an explanation of what they are and where they came from. Because that's a big dangling thread. They've been this huge part of plots in past seasons. But it's like, what are they? We don't know. What's great about Yo-Yo, because she recognized the crystalline structure as being the crystalline structure of the monoliths. So that was pretty cool that she was able to do that. Whether or not it looked like that on the little tablet screen that they showed us, I I don't care. Yo-Yo, just being able to recognize that and mentioning it, I think was really cool that she remembered the essence behind everything that happened to her, the terror, basically, that happened to her. Kudos to Yo-Yo on that. Yo-Yo's got a thing for Dr. Benson. We didn't really touch on that so far in the discussion. And I don't mean like a romantic thing. She's looking out for Benson because Benson is a recovering alcoholic. And he is 20 years out of his prime. His words, not mine. And he is suspect. And I think she's right to have her eyes on him. But at the same time, he's got this great idea to, based on her discovery, to go find out a little bit more about what's going on. So, I don't know if that uh, ominous look that Yo-Yo had on Dr. Benson is going to continue, or if that was just a thing for this episode to get Dr. Benson to step it up, because he did have uh, withdrawal tremors going on. I think she's just concerned about his performance level. We talked about the last time Why wasn't he in quarantine? Why didn't they wear all the things? He just took out the knife. I do think, yeah, he needs to step it up. As he says, I finally believe in all this hippy-dippy nonsense. And he needs to start taking it really seriously. Yeah. Well, we'll see more about it next week. This is great. Unfortunately, we had the week off. I wish we didn't have the week off. You know, kudos to the Toronto Raptors on their victory. But I just... Wish it didn't impact my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. watching. And of course it had to because it was the NBA finals were being viewed on ABC. So there was no way to play this episode and and still get away with it. So we had to take a week off there. We'll see if they take a week off on the 5th of July. That I'm not sure if they will or not. We'll see how that goes. In the meantime, it was a really good episode. Um, How would you rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10? I would give this a solid 8. Oh, that's awesome, because I was going to give it an 8-2. You had great performances from Mac and Daisy leading both their teams. You had the world building going on, like I was talking about. You had great fights from May, and they were reaching into the past and bringing up stuff from the past of the show, which 
It was just amazing. So yeah, I'll go eight. I don't think it was monumental, so I don't think it was in the nine or ten category, but I would say it's a solid eight. Perhaps one of the better, or if not the best, of the five so far this season. I know I want Lou Diamond Phillips to come back and direct another episode. That would be awesome. It really would. I hope he gets one, and if he doesn't have one again in season six, I hope he gets one in season seven. Which, talking about season six, next week, hopefully it'll be next week, season six, episode six of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Inscapable. That's what we'll be talking about next week. Same time, same channel. And uh, Michelle, since you didn't see the look for next week, I think it's going to be a Fitz and Simmons heavy episode. I'm not so sure the rest of the crew is going to have a lot of screen time. Hey, it's fine. I love Fitzsimmons. Our science babies are all grown up. Be interesting to see. All right. Well, with that, Michelle, how do you want to get this one out? I don't know. Okay. Well, why don't we embrace the other thing and get this one out? Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us for another great discussion episode on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is a great show. It is showing why it's so great. Marissa Takeron, Kevin Takeron, and everybody, they're, they're all doing a great job with this series. And I'm looking forward to another great director-writer set next week. It's, it's going to be awesome. Yes, thank you for downloading and listening. We appreciate feedback and your support. Right. I got to go and finish Father's Day festivities. Until next time, I'm Director SP. And I'm Agent Michelle. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Our article on Gunna Geek starting to gen up some traction over this whole Hangouts in Air sunset. Oh, really? Yeah, it's all due to you. You tipped us off. So thanks. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Changing an industry one Michelle at a time. <laughs> yeah, because I was looking up help information and I saw that and it was just like, oh, well now. Yeah, Stephen did a search for it because he's like, okay. So finally, like yesterday, I finally told Stephen everything that was going on. He's like, what, what, wait, what, what, what's going on? And, you know, I was telling him the issue with your computer or whatever. And, and then I said, hey, look, you know, she ran into this as well. He's like, what, what, what? So he went to look for it. and Nobody's talking about it. Like, so nobody outside of, of the Google help article. Right. So we're like, all right, this has to be a thing because nobody's talking about it. And it's such a major part of even some professional podcasts. So let's, let's 
let's write an arc. We were going to talk about it on uh, Better Podcasting on Wednesday, but we're like, you know, this probably needs to get out sooner rather than later. So let's put out an article. So Stephen did. All because of you. Broadcast has been successfully terminated by Snowflake. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2019.